Senator Joe Manchin says he absolutely can see himself as president. Here was Manchin's response when he was asked outright whether he was considering a third party run for president. So people are looking for, is there going to be a challenge? Is there going to be any other options? We're just trying to tell people there's options out there, especially how you're able to get more people involved. CNN senior reporter Isaac DeVere uh, joins me now. Isaac, uh, you know, we've seen this dance from Joe Manchin before. He, you know, sort of the ultimate flirt here in Washington when it comes to running for president. Is it sounding more serious? Uh, what are your sources telling you? Well, look, I spent some time with Joe Manchin in New Hampshire as he was doing this flirtation. There is something more real to it this time around. Uh, he sees that there is a potential path in his mind. He's got this idea if Donald Trump is convicted, if Joe Biden has a health scare, maybe there's some way through there. And as he goes around and people say to him in airports or wherever else, hey, we love you, we should, we've done great things, it's getting into his head as it tends to get for politicians. Uh, whether that will end up uh, coming to be a, an actual run is a big question and depends uh, in part on uh, whether he thinks he's going to be a spoiler. He told me he doesn't want to be a spoiler. He told me he does not want Donald Trump to be president again. Uh, and even though he thinks that Joe Biden has been pulled to the left, he, uh, he, he still said he's a good, decent man. And, and clearly that's part of his calculations, too. But we're talking about as a, as a third party candidate. That's right. And like part of what would be going on here is if he runs, he would probably be running or trying to run uh, on the ballot line that's being secured around the country in a bunch of states by this group called No Labels, which is a nonpartisan, uh, as it says, third, third party unity ticket seeking thing. Uh, but Manchin, uh, interestingly, is out to kind of undermine No Labels and set up his own thing. He's got a group that's been started by uh, him and his daughter uh, called Americans Together. It's doing a lot of the things that No Labels uh, was doing before it started this presidential run. And he's looking to maybe capitalize on uh, some of the internal turmoil and, and uh, questions about how this is actually going at No Labels. We'll see what that amounts to also. Uh, but uh, <laughs> No Label says they're, they're going to make their decisions by mid-March. Uh, Manchin says he's going to make his decisions by the spring. Uh, and uh, we'll know soon what this actually starts to look like. Stay tuned, as we often say. Yes. All right, Isaac, uh, great reporting as always. Thanks. So much. Uh, let's discuss more now with former press secretary to First Lady Jill Biden and special assistant to President Biden, Michael LaRosa, and Republican strategist uh, Shermichael Singleton. Uh, gentlemen, great to have you both uh, back on. Uh, Shermichael, you're, you're here with me. Let me start with you first. Yeah. I mean, do you, uh, we, we keep talking about this. I feel like every three or four months, it's sort of like the turning of the seasons. You know, we talk <laughs> about Joe Manchin running for president again. Um, do you think that he's actually going to do this? I mean, look, I, I trust Isaac's reporting on this, yeah. Jim. And so if, if Isaac said that Manchin doesn't want to cause harm to President Biden, I, I would typically want to believe that. Uh, but I think a bigger question is, if not Manchin, then who will no labels select? I mean, they're in, what, 13, 14 states right now. Uh, Nevada, Arizona, two states that former President Trump lost by less than 20,000 votes. If they find a candidate that performs competitively in those states, that would obviously benefit Donald Trump than it would President Biden. And Michael, I mean, you worked inside the White House. I mean, how much, how much do they tear their hair out over Joe Manchin? <laughs> I can ask it like that. <laughs> uh, I know my former colleagues in OLA would probably be better off to the legislative affairs would probably be better better off answering that question. But what I what I would say is his posture as a senator has always been that he never wanted to be the vote, the one vote to sink 
a vote for Democrats, which is why you always found him working uh, third ways with Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Kirsten Sinema, and other moderates. I don't think in the end, I trust Isaac's reporting as well, but I don't think in the end he would want to ever uh, be settled with the legacy of helping you know, Donald Trump part two. Yeah, and, and uh, Schmeichel, I wanted to ask you about, jump over to, uh, to Trump. Um, a veterans group is hitting him over his past comments about service members. And it's from the, the group Vote Vets. They're launching this ad in Pennsylvania today. It features Gold Star parents criticizing Trump for calling veterans losers and suckers, which Trump and his people have said he, he never said this, but it's been reported uh, a lot that he did say this. And even us here at CNN, we've confirmed it. Uh, but let's, let's, let's look at the ad and talk about it on the other side. My stepson was not a loser. My son is not a loser. My son, Matthew, is not a loser, honorably serving his country. That is something Donald Trump will never know. That's something that Donald Trump will never understand. My message to Donald Trump is this. You have no right. You're the real loser here. Yeah, I mean, Shemichael, I mean, we saw Joe Biden yeah. uh, seize on this last night and some comments that he made down in South Carolina going after Trump and said, no, he's the loser. Uh, how impactful is that ad in, in those kinds of attacks on Donald Trump? He's made these comments in the past. I mean, yeah, but you know what, uh, Jim, uh, the former president has performed very well with men and women in uniform. He's performed very well with first responders, generally speaking. But I think it's critical that the Biden administration attempts to sort of control the message, if you will, in Pennsylvania, because it's a state that President Biden only won by 80,000 votes, a very slim margin. It's a state that Donald Trump won in 2016 by a very slim margin. And so if you're looking at the battleground states maps, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Nevada, those particular states, I think we're going to see a lot of fighting between both candidates and whomever can dominate the message there and control engagement and targeting with their prospective voters and swing voters, I think will be the candidate that ultimately wins those states and ultimately gets to 270. Yeah, it might very well be a battle of raising the oh, negatives absolutely. in this cycle. And, and Michael, I, speaking of that, I did want to ask you about this verdict in the E. Jean Carroll case. Uh, the defamation case against Donald Trump, uh, this $83 million uh, verdict that came down. Uh, Republican Senator James Lanford, uh, Lankford of Oklahoma was asked today whether the verdict gave him any pause about Trump returning to office. Let's listen to that. It doesn't. Obviously, these are legal cases. I don't jump in the middle of a legal case. Uh, it, it's been interesting the number of legal cases that have come up against President Trump and then have failed and have been dropped or have been kicked out of the courts on it. This one's actually went through. He's already said he's going to challenge it. So let the courts actually make their decisions and let the American people make their decisions. Yeah, Mike, I mean, Michael, this this is something that I think the Biden people are just not going to let go of. I mean, they're going to keep raising this issue of uh, Trump and uh, E. Jean Carroll, Trump and women. Uh, and, and we're going to see this discussed uh, throughout this upcoming year. I think that's right. I don't um, I think it's a it's certainly a wise uh, strategy to pursue because women will be the key to the election for so many reasons. But I also don't know if I don't believe that any of Trump's legal cases are going to really matter in the end. I think the American people made their deal with Donald Trump in 2016, and, and, and again, I think we uh, saw who he was after the Access Hollywood tape. I don't think it's going to change the minds of any of his supporters 
uh, but I do think it's an effective line of attack, uh, especially uh, with among you know when you're trying to appeal to women voters. Yeah, and Shermichael, Nikki Haley is vowing to keep going against uh, yeah. Trump, keep her, her battle going against Trump. So she's saying she doesn't necessarily need a, a win in South Carolina to continue her campaign. Let's listen to that. I think I need to do better than I did in New Hampshire. I need to show that I'm building momentum. I need to show that I'm stronger in South Carolina than New Hampshire. Does that have to be a win? I don't think that necessarily has to be a win, but it certainly has to be better than what I did in New Hampshire, and it certainly has to be close. If we win, great. If not, we've got to show that we're continuing to narrow that margin along the way. Uh, should she be staying in this race, do you think? I mean, Jim, I understand why, but there isn't a path. I mean, even Donald Trump is ahead in South Carolina by 50 points. You move on to March 5th, which is Super Tuesday. Most of those states are winner-take-all, winner-take-most. You have states like Nevada went from a primary process to a caucus state. The point that I'm trying to make here for the viewers is that every single one of these states benefits Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump's team was very smart last year with individuals like Brian Jack, who I worked with on Dr. Carson's campaign, uh, Susie Wiles, going across the country, really working with many of the states' GOP piece to change the rules, alter the rules to benefit yeah, Trump. Really the only, the table absolutely. Yeah. The only campaign that actually paid any attention to this uh, was Ron DeSantis. But they were even too late, Jim, when they tried to make some noise about this. And so I respect Governor Haley. I think she's a very talented candidate. Uh, but even if she were to stay in this, let's say she won a state or two, Jim, she's always going to play catch up to Donald Trump to 12, what, 15 to become the Republican yeah. nominee. The path just isn't there. Yeah, but Michael, I mean, I would assume that the Biden team, they want Nikki Haley to stay in this race as long as humanly possible, right? I mean, and especially the way she's been campaigning lately, going after Trump, calling him unhinged, uh, talking about how he's lost a step and so on. I mean, yeah, I you don't need the Biden people to say Nikki Haley's saying it. No, I wish I would have seen more of this from Nikki Haley a little bit sooner. Um, but you're right. I think it's, it's good for Biden if, the longer she stays in because he keeps offending so many people, um, especially women, uh, a core constituency that he needs, uh, both candidates need, frankly, by, by insulting her, by what she wears, uh, her, her mental or calling her a bird, calling her names. Um, there was a, a voter on your network earlier in South Carolina with one of your reporters just completely turned off uh, by Donald Trump name calling. And that was why she voted for Joe Biden uh, over Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, so I think, you know, the more he keeps having these tantrums, the better it is for, for Biden and because you guys will be covering it. But it does it, it, it will have zero impact in the Republican primary. Now, it's a different conversation about the general election and the ability to reach out to swing voters, women voters, suburbanites, if you will. Uh, but in the primary, it won't matter. And that's why from Nikki Haley, DeSantis, and so many others, it's been an impossible mountain to climb to usurp Donald Trump's lead. 